1: Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is August 11th, and on Saturday, two days from now, Atlanta United will play at Cincinnati in an MLS match. Kickoff is set for 7.38 p.m. The game will be televised on Valley Sports South. And of course, you can also follow my live coverage on the Twitters at Doug Robertson AJC. The game story will be up just a few minutes after the end from beautiful TQL Stadium. I'm very excited to see that one. It's one of four remaining MLS stadiums that I have not been to. I'll get to knock out Columbus in a few weeks. And then next year, knock on wood, hopefully Minnesota and Austin, and I will have seen them all. So that's a pretty cool little badge of honor that probably I only care about. This is going to be a very, very tough game for Atlanta United. You're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda. You're going to hear from Juanjo Parata. And then after the break, you're going to hear my interview with Darren Eels, his final interview with non-affiliated Atlanta Media, before he becomes Newcastle CEO on August 22nd. He couldn't talk about Newcastle because he's not there yet. Uh, so the questions mostly focused on Atlanta United. I posted the story, the Q and A yesterday, but if you just want to hear it, my good producer Shane has got the audio ready to go, and you'll be able to hear the entirety of the interview. So. Why will Saturday's game be tough? Well, I asked Gonzalo Pineda. Cincinnati is typically very loose at the back. They've given up 43 goals this season, but they're very, very good attacking. Scored 40 goals, led by former Atlanta United player Brandon Vasquez. Is there a danger in trying to push numbers forward to attack a weak defense and leave yourself exposed to Cincinnati's very, very potent offense, and here's what he had to say.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very good opponent. I think their attackers are are in very good form, I would say, especially in transition when, when there's a lot of space. Uh, they, they are very good. I think uh, Barreal is doing great on the left side. Acosta just finding gaps everywhere, can be a little bit on the flanks at times, in between the lines. Uh, he has already a good connection with the two, Brenner and Vasquez. Uh, I think they have a very solid midfield as well. Uh, Powell is fast on the right side. Uh, I remember him when he was playing for Portland and and he's very fast actually. So yes, they're a very good team. Uh, They're at home. They're in good form. So it it will be uh, a difficult task for us, but I mean, we play the way we play and uh, and we have a certain identity that I think we're going to try to play very similar to how we try to play every time but obviously understanding the challenge we have in front of us.
1: Let me just go through some of the individual numbers for Cincinnati. Brandon Vasquez, 14 goals and four assists, which is a crazy number. And I think he should get a September call up to the U S men's national team because there's not many strikers like him in the world who are as big and as fast and as athletic as he is. Now I'm not saying he's one of the best strikers in the world. I'm just saying that physically he's gifted Brenner, has been reborn, eight goals, four assists. Lucho Acosta, who is typically just torched at Lanny United, six goals and 14 assists. Barial, four goals and six assists. It's crazy what Cincinnati can do when they get the ball. So I asked Parata, what is the key to slowing down a big guy like Brandon Vasquez?
0: Vasquez is a a great player. He's he's in really good form, having a good season. Um, He's a goal scorer. Uh, so we, you know, we know what he can do, uh, but I think we're also, in, you know, coming into this game, doing things well. Um, so we're going to go there and try to try to maintain the that same block defensively, keep the same order, the same intensity, um, and try to go there and get three points and keep a clean sheet.
1: Of course, if Atlanta United can keep the ball, Cincinnati can't have it, and therefore they can't score. If you remember last week in the win against Seattle, Pineda rolled out a formation that he has not used before, and it was necessitated by an injury to Mateus Huzetu, who's listed as questionable, but I'll be stunned if he plays. He didn't train today, and typically if you don't train two days before the game, you don't play. But that formation included Marcelino Moreno and Diego Amada as dual attacking midfielders with only one defensive midfielder, who was Santiago Soso. So you asked Pineda if he liked how they performed in the second half of the victory against Seattle.
2: Yes, I mean, we were at home. We were a bit more taking the risk, you know. Uh, uh, it was something that we were not prepared for with without Rossetto. So obviously, well, not prepared for. We were prepared in any scenario, but, but it, it wasn't part of the main plan to bring uh, Marce so early in the game. So uh, we had to decide on Marce just because of his quality and abilities on the ball. We felt that we can, we can be more aggressive from the middle, and that was the decision in that moment. Now this is a different game and we have to see uh, what midfield can provide more balance to us and that's that's where the decision will come.
1: Yeah, and if you'll also remember uh, he had three midfielders warming up, did Pineda, and they elected to go with Moreno just because they were at home and wanted to go for it, which makes this game fascinating to me. I really am going to be curious to see this lineup on Saturday when it posts about 6.15 p.m., because you're on the road, so obviously Atlanta United always wants three points, but they got to get at least a point. So if you see them go with a defensive-minded lineup, you'll know what Pineda is thinking. If you see them go with an attacking lineup, you'll obviously know what he's thinking. I put my Predicted 11 in a story titled Info to Know at Atlanta United at Cincinnati. It will post uh, later today, and I think my lineup might surprise a few people. I'm not gonna tell you which way to go because I want you to click on it. I can't give it away for free. Come on, people. So then back to Juanjo Parada. He has really kind of stabilized the back line for Atlanta United. He seems very, very comfortable. So I asked him about that.
0: I've felt very comfortable so far um, and I feel like I've adapted very well to the team, um, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm in a comfort zone because I still think I, have, um, I haven't reached my, my ceiling yet. I think I have a lot of room to improve. Um, so, you know, I, I do feel like, um, I'm very comfortable with my teammates and, um, and we're doing well, but, uh, we know there's still a lot of things where we can work and continue to improve.
1: I've wanted to ask Parada this next question for a long time, because I know he, he obviously he's a native of Mexico, so he speaks Spanish, but he also speaks a little bit of English. So I was curious when he's giving direction to his teammates, does he do it in Spanish or does he do it in English?
2: A veces en español, eh, sometimes in English. Oh, okay. <risa> Dependiendo quién quién sea el compañero.
0: Depends who the teammate is. <risa>
2: okay. <risa> Hay veces que bueno le, la velocidad del juego o, o estoy muy concentrado que le hablo en español a a Aiden McFadden o a Caleb se me va pero bueno intento intento identificar a quién le estoy hablando y in Espanol, in
0: Sometimes with the speed of the game or, or, you know, if I'm really focused, I might yell at Aiden in, in Spanish, Uh but I try to identify who, <laughs> who I'm speaking to and, you know, communicate in, in the right language.
1: Does he, under, I mean, does he, do, have you communicated to him enough that if I say this, I mean this during the game before speaking to him in Spanish?
0: If he understands. Yeah, I, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If he understands, that there, you know, certain words yeah. in Spanish,
0: so. Things
2: don't get lost. He knows
0: the basic ones, okay. uh, so I, I try to be clear when I'm speaking to him. Or, or sometimes I'll ask, you know, one of the assistant coaches for for help if I need it. But yeah, I try to be very clear.
1: Anyway. I was just curious and he gave a great answer. Usually you'll find when you ask kind of off the wall questions, this is when players let their guard down and, and give you answers that haven't been prepped or, or prepared or, or already thought of. And some of you know that Parata is on a loan here from Liga Emeki's power Tigris. So I asked him if he hopes to come here permanently.
0: Yes, uh, of course. I-, I would love to stay here for a long time. I think, uh, uh I think it's a great club. Um, I really enjoy being here, the, the way that people um, you know, around the club treat me, the, the facilities we have here, the city, uh, the the way the team plays. Um, so, yes, I'd, I'd like to be here for a long time.
1: So there you go. He seems like a nice guy. Seems like he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, uh, I'll introduce my interview with Darren Eels. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. Now, Uh, I'm going to let you listen to the interview I had with Darren Eels yesterday. The audio may not be great at times. He was on a cell phone. I believe they're in the process of packing up and moving to England. So he took 15 minutes or so to talk to me. The the portion you're going to hear is only 12 minutes. Darren and I, obviously we go way back. Uh, I had his first interview when he came to Atlanta at the Arthur and Blank family of businesses building in one of the rooms there on the first floor in that beautiful building. And, Darren really to me hasn't changed a whole lot over the years so we both like the idea of, of a bookend exit interview and here you go I guess this is your exit interview
3: <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> so we'll just get into it so what are you most proud of from your time at Atlanta United
3: oh man I think um I think just proving the doubt is wrong about the city of Atlanta I think that's the bit that you know, we've spoken about this before, Doug. But you know, when I took the job, like literally the only negative thing people said, you know, they said you've got a great owner. MLS was a league on the rise, but there was this question mark about Atlanta as a city. I think you know, generally as a sports city, there had been some comments that it was a fickle sports market. Um, and know the Thrashers had been in town and then left, and then also I think there was a sort of question about whether soccer would work in the south as well. Generally, um, so I think for me. You know, having come in with that negativity and then to see just what the city's done to embrace the club, you know, the city and the wider, you know, state and the wider area, um, you know, to get the numbers that we've got. I mean, I think we saw in the game on uh, on the weekend another crowd over, you know, 67,000. So I think we've had, and I need to get the actual ones, but I know it's well north of 20 games that we've had with, you know, a, a full stadium, so more than 67,000. You know, every game that's not been COVID has been a sellout. Um, you know, going into the sixth seasons. So I just think the way that the city's embraced it, and Doug, I think it's more than just the attendance numbers. And I think you're, you know, you're part of that, and you've seen that. But, you know, we're a, you know, we're a club in a marketplace that is Atlanta, you know, one of the big sort of uh, metropolitan areas. Um, and I think we get an equal share of voice in terms of the media and the profile. So, you know, whether it's, the, you know, the radio stations, the phone-ins, the local TV, um, you know, the AJC, you know, we get an equal share of voice and I think that's the bit that I'm really proud of because you know I think back to when we hosted the the All-Star game back in 2018 and I think you know when the national media came and when people from supporters of other clubs came into Atlanta it was that fact that we were part of the fabric of the city and you know you'd be getting an Uber and the Uber driver would be talking about Atlanta United and I think that's the bit that you know I'm really proud of because when I look back to how we wanted to grow the club and how we wanted to build the club you know we had that vision that we were going to be a a club that almost felt like it had been around for 50 years right from the start. I think we've, we've been able to do that. And I think, you know, that's a measure of just, you know, the amazing 17s, the supporters, the city, um, obviously the owner and Arthur Blank and what he's invested and in, you know, the hard work of everybody, you know, from the players to the coaching staff to, you know, all of our associates to build Atlanta United and make it part of the community.
1: What is the next step for this club? Do you think?
3: Well, look, I think like, um, you know, what attracted me when I first came is, you know, soccer is still a it's still a game that's growing in the United States, uh, particularly with Major League Soccer. So I think, you know, there's a couple of things. Obviously, firstly, to cement its position as, you know, one of the top clubs in, in Major League Soccer. And, you know, we have talked about attendance, but everything from merchandise to revenue. I mean, we're clearly, you know, heads and shoulders, the number one club in Major League Soccer. So, you know, it's not about resting on the laurels. So keep going with that, keep competing for trophies. But I do think you've got that added dimension of there's a really exciting time now in Major League Soccer's history, which is, you know, stepping up to a World Cup coming in 2026, the new Leagues Cup tournament that starts next year um, that involves League MX clubs. And I think, you know, the next stage in the growth of uh, of MLS is important that, you know, Atlanta United's there, you know, in the vanguard sort of fighting and building that presence and I think, you know, a healthy and a successful Atlanta United helps the league and helps the sport grow. And I think that's uh, that's what it's exciting now. I'm gonna we'll be looking forward to, you know, obviously watching from afar, but to see how the league can grow and obviously with that Atlanta United. Any regrets? Yeah, look, I mean look, this has been a really tough decision, um, because you know, Atlanta's become my home. Obviously the twins were born here, they've got their son accents, so it's gonna be interesting that The mashup they're going to have between a Southern accent and a Geordie accent (laughs) in the future. No, look, I mean, I, uh, you know, I've loved every moment. And look, there's regrets. I think you know, in anything in life, you've got to analyse what you've done. But I don't think I regret it. I think you know, like everything we've done when we built Atlanta United, we weren't afraid to take chances to take risks. They're never all going to pay off. You know that's the reality. And you know it's even more difficult in a salary cap environment because you know, you have no ability to sort of take a portfolio approach. And so, you know, as you know, the song goes, regrets there's been a few, but I think, you know, the reality is, I think we've got more right than we got wrong. And, you know, I'm proud of where the club is positioned now. Um, and like I said, I'm excited to see how it grows and how the sport grows in uh, in the United States. And I think, you know, that's the, that's the fun part now. You know, there'll be someone new that will come in and they'll have fresh ideas and that'll be good for the club. That'll be good for the sport. I think, you know, That's always a a positive, but there's a core base of an amazing soccer club because of our supporters, because of Arthur Blank as an owner. And so I know it's left in great hands. Do you have any advice for whomever replaces you? No, look, and I'm certainly, you know, they're going to have their own ideas. I think, you know, the only thing I would say, and I know that's going to happen in terms of whoever the club looks to hire because of, you know, Arthur and Steve and, Gonzalo, Carlos, everyone that's there at the club that knows what you Atlanta United is about. But just, you know, putting the supporters as the heartbeat of the club, and I think that's, you know, partly you know, as we built it right from the start, that's, you know, the reason we've had the success because, again, when people look back and, you know, it's almost easy now to look at it and say, oh, well, you know, Atlanta's this big, you know, big metropolis-growing area and, you know, it was always right for soccer. But the reality is, you know, the club was, built by, you know, winning the hearts and mind of one soccer fan at a time and putting the supporters at the forefront of every decision made. I think that's why important, you know, no matter how big Atlanta United gets, however big Major League Soccer gets, I think that importance of making every decision through the lens of the supporter will ensure that, you know, the club's always going to be a big success.
1: What are you going to miss most about just the city itself?
3: Oh, wow. Um, it's tough. I mean, I've... <laughs> In these last few days, like everywhere, it's sort of getting emotional because you know we went to the Iberian pig facing and that was the first place we went to in Decatur and so we're almost doing our sort of <laughs> fond farewell memories. But you know, I just love the city; it's such a you know such a vibrant, diverse, fast-growing city. um You know, so I'm going to miss everything from you know whether it's the high art museum just around the the corner from where I'm living to you know the restaurants to the music scene, just for the for the coffee shops. I mean, it's, you know, I really am going to miss it. You know, the weather, obviously, I'm just uh, chatting to you now as it's tipping down the rain for bats to kind to get me used to going back to England and getting me acclimatised to the weather, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly going to miss the, uh, you know, the lovely weather that we get, you know, 99 days out of 100. Now, look, it's a fantastic city and, you know, it's always going to be a city you know, that the boys are going to consider home because they were born here and, you know, I'm just really pleased that, you know, in terms of the contact I've made in terms of everyone from supporters to the wonderful associates that I've worked with through to, you know, Arthur Blank as an owner, but I'm always gonna have those friendships and there's always gonna be reasons to come back to visit and, you know, we're absolutely gonna, you know, be coming back here the opportunity we get just to say hello to friends. Will you return for the World Cup? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, World Cup And like I said, you're I some stage in the future, I think, you know, with the growth of soccer in the United States and um, its importance as a marketplace, I'm pretty sure, you know, we'll be over at some stage with Newcastle as well, so I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I kind of assumed we'd see all of the American Family Insurance Cup next year, but that's <laughs> another, that's something for another day.
3: Um, that's right. Well, it is it is one of the world's biggest trophies, so perhaps <laughs> that <something to> <laughs>
1: Uh, and the last two for me. How would you like to be remembered by the 17s?
3: I think just, um, you know, as someone that, that brought soccer to an amazing city and an amazing state um, and, you know, set it up for success. And I think, you know, I think we've done that. Um, you know, it was just amazing the last game. I mean, I saw you briefly in the tailgate just after I got a cake in my face and champagne or uh, poured all over me. But just, you know, the, their passion, their energy, you know, is just incredible. And I think, you know, for me, and we've spoken about this, this is a city that, you know, Atlanta United, I think, filled a void that was obviously apparent, obviously was needed. Um, and so, you know, just seeing someone that was a small part of that success of stepping up Atlanta United to be, you know, fingers crossed one of the biggest clubs in the world down the line.
1: And I've I've put forth the idea of naming the supporters section after you. Any thoughts on that?
3: Ah, look, I mean, I just hope that uh, I don't think it needs to be named after me, but I just hope they still uh, think a shot and think of me every now and then as they're uh, celebrating uh, more success in the future. All right,
1: I don't. I didn't want to ask you about other stuff about Carlos and stuff. Nah, thanks, it's Doug. out of your hands. Um, yeah.
3: No. Look, thanks, Doug. On from my side, I mean, look. You know everything you've done right from that very first moment when we met at the uh, family office and I think back to do you remember when you coached the Champions League team and all the great stuff and you know so you know, you've been a huge part of the success in Atlanta and I, think I spoke about it you know of that credibility of having the, the local newspaper have someone specifically following us and you know being a voice for us has been hugely important so you know you've helped us from a business side but also just as a mate like you someone that you know has been great to be on the road we've had the ups and downs it's always been good to know that you're someone who's got integrity and honesty and you know you're always doing your job you're also nice as well so i really appreciate that thank
1: you darren thank you very much all right that wraps up another edition of the southern fried soccer podcast as always you can find me on twitter at doug robertson ajc on facebook at atlanta united news now and on instagram at douglas david robertson as always hug your loved ones Communicate with your loved ones, and y'all take it. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Niggett, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.